1: Hey guys, just want to remind you, this episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes ridiculously easy to use cloud accounting software for agencies and freelancers alike that's going to help you work smarter, get organized, and most importantly, get you paid quickly. Um, You know, we've talked about FreshBooks for the past five years or so. We've been using them that long and we would never dream of getting rid of them. They just make it way too easy for us as creatives to get these really professional-looking invoices out and follow up with the automated payment reminders, making sure that we can concentrate on what we're best at, which is creating and running our businesses, and then FreshBooks can step in and take care of the money aspect. They have the automated late payment reminders. They've got a great app that keeps track of all of your receipts and all that stuff. Coming uh, tax time, to claim your 30-day unrestricted free trial, just go to FreshBooks.com/deeplygraphic and enter "Deeply Graphic Design" in the "How did you hear about us?" section. Once again, to claim your 30 free days, just go to FreshBooks.com/deeplygraphic. All right. So this episode's going to be a little bit different. We had a bit of a snag. We recorded an episode, a really good episode uh, yesterday, and one of the audio files went missing. So we're going to redo that episode, which will be our next one. But for now, I wanted to take this opportunity to introduce you to my other podcast, which is called The Profitable Website. And this is all geared around how to get the right website that's actually going to make money for your business. So you can use this to help your creative business, or you can use what you learn in this podcast to help your clients. So if you run a web design agency, this is going to be really instrumental in helping you get results for them as well. So so what I did is I picked out my most popular episode, which is called Growing Your Small Business on Instagram Without Paid Ads. And I have a guest named Ben Levitt, who's a super smart guy about Instagram. And this is really going to be eye-opening for you guys. If you're thinking about using Instagram to grow your agency, He's got some really great tips. So if you like the show, again, it's called The Profitable Website. You can search for it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts. So it'd mean a lot to me if you like the show to uh, hit subscribe and put it into your weekly podcast rotation. So anyway, without further ado, here we go. All right, Instagram. So Instagram, if you don't already know this, is a really amazing opportunity to put your brand in front of your target customers. But Organic reach is actually getting harder and harder all the time, moving to a much more, you know, pay-to-play model, which is all the more reason to play things right. So there are still many tactics and strategies you can use to grow. If you do. My guest today is Ben Levitt, and he's going to share the tactics that still work today. So with his knowledge and a bit of time put in, you'll definitely be able to grow your Instagram account so that people will remember you and ultimately want to work with you or buy from you, not your competition. I'm web strategist Wes McDowell, and this is The Profitable Website, the podcast where I share all my secrets to use your website and what's working now in digital marketing to reach more people and make a deeper impact with your prospects so you can supercharge your growth, eliminate the stress of inconsistent income, and build a business you love to show up for every single day. In return, I promise to show up to support you on every step of your journey. Let's put your Website to work. All right, welcome back to the profitable website. I'm thrilled to have you here today. Um, It really means a lot to have you tuning in each and every week so that I can keep sharing all the good stuff with you to help your business grow. All right, so before we get started, I'm going to do a quick listener spotlight. I'm going to be doing these from time to time where I read out a great review that I got on Apple Podcasts. So today's comes from Drexel Smith, and the headline of the review says, the guy I go to for website tips, advice, and knowledge. And he goes on to say, I originally found him on YouTube two months ago, and ever since then, my website has transformed. I still have more to do, but I'm more than happy with my website now after putting in the work of all the advice, tips, and knowledge he shared on his YouTube, and now on here. So grateful for him and only hope the best for him so I can continue to get better too. Best regards, Drexel Smith. Uh, Thank you so much, Drexel. That means a lot to me to read stuff like that. And um, thank you so much for leaving that review as well. So um, thanks Drexel and keep listening. There's so much more to come. All right. So my guest today is YouTuber, marketer, and host of the Project Passion podcast, Ben Levitt. I discovered him myself on YouTube and he gives really great advice for growing organically on Instagram. So I definitely wanted to bring him on the show so that you can benefit from his knowledge and set yourself up for success. And honestly, as someone who's currently trying to set my own business Instagram up, you better believe I'm going to be asking the questions that you want answered yourself. So let's go ahead and bring him on. All right. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks so much for coming on with us today.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, Wes. I'm excited to, to talk some Instagram today.
1: Yeah, totally. So um, I do a lot of talking about you know Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Which I know pretty well, but I don't, I'm really not well versed on growing a brand organically on Instagram. In fact, I'm right in the process now as we're recording this of redoing my personal Instagram to my professional one. So I'm going to get a lot out of this conversation, I think, just trying to grow it. So, yeah. So I guess the first question is why would a small business even want to? get going on Instagram? Like, I hear it's very hard to grow organically these days. So is it something that's really even worth paying attention to?
0: Yeah, that's a a great question. And I think a lot of people have the same sort of mindset approaching Instagram. They think that they've heard so many times that it's so hard to grow organically. And I think that's kind of a tainted view of Instagram because people are looking at it in terms of growing by the millions. But if you're a small business owner, let's be real here, your audience probably isn't millions. So the ability to connect with your actual potential customers, that's where the true value of Instagram is. And the targeting and things that I'm sure we'll go into later are what makes it so possible and such a a necessary thing that I think any business owner should be on simply because it doesn't take a lot of effort to do it decently well. And if you can have that presence, it's kind of a no brainer.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's definitely worth at least paying attention to and at least getting on board with because we're not talking about writing out blog posts. We're no. not talking about recording videos. Like these can be very simple. So let's just get into the tips. Like what what would you recommend? How do people get started? Yeah, with for, uh, with their, their Instagram account.
0: For sure. I think a lot of people overcomplicate it. So what I like to try to do is try to simplify it as much as possible and get it into a few things that you definitely want to do and some things that you may want to avoid as well. When it comes to just setting up your account, the bio is incredibly important because that's going to be the first opportunity to communicate with any potential audience that might come across your page so you want to convey in a very concise matter exactly who you are what you do so that anybody who comes across you knows that they've, they've come to the right place for what they're looking for then when it comes to creating content that's another thing that i think business owners are terrified by they're like oh i don't know what to post why would anybody care about my business and i think yeah. that's the real opportunity with instagram is that you can make it whatever you want it to be I think that you also don't have to reinvent the wheel. So if there's other people who have a similar brand to you, use that for motivation. Use that for inspiration. Obviously put your own unique brand spin on it, but you don't have to overcomplicate this. And I would say for most business owners, it's good to get some sort of schedule in place. So that way it kind of takes the fear out of it. So if you take an hour and sit down and say, okay, we're going to post twice a week and you commit to that. That's great. You don't need to be posting every single day, which is contrary to what a lot of people think. Just get that in place and then have a vague idea as to what you're going to be doing. So I typically like to say, okay, go for two uh, two to three posts a week. Pick what type of content those are going to be. And then obviously with you being a uh, small business and there there being people involved, there's obviously going to be wins and things that happen spontaneously in a spontaneous manner. So that's a great way to supplement that content. But if you still have your two core pillar posts a week, it's a great way to keep it coming and keep people aware with what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so when you talk about these pillar pieces of content or just any post at all, um, I think what trips a lot of small business owners up, I would imagine, is they think about it like, well, no one cares about what we're doing as a business. And they're probably kind of right about that. So what I think you shouldn't be posting probably, and forgive me if I'm wrong, is like internal stuff that like Janine in accounting just had a baby you know like that's the that totally depends gotta, on your brand uh yeah.
0: if if you are very connected with your community and say if you are a real estate team uh, and, and that person was a, quite a big figure within the community. If they did have a baby, that might be something you want to share. But if, if it's not much of a relationship-based business, and, and it's something that a lot more goes on beyond the, behind the scenes, then I think you'd definitely be right. There wouldn't be much value in sharing that post. But it really comes down to, like all social media, is what's your unique value proposition? What does your business do? And why are you the best place to get that service? So any any unique way that you can provide that value. And it's also a great opportunity on Instagram to create some sort of brand tone. So if you, if whoever's going to run this account for you is, is very funny and, and they love to play up the humor, or maybe you think you have a very dull business. That could be your unique spin on it is the fact that you talk about it's dull, but this is what we have to do and we get it done and we do it the best, right? So right. there's so much opportunity. Uh, I think people put themselves in too much of a box, but uh, there's tons of examples of of people being very creative on the platform.
1: Okay. And where do you think content marketing kind of comes into play here? I feel like with my, I'm just kind of doing this with an eye to my own Instagram account that's upcoming. What I'm picturing doing is using it mostly to little snippets of either my videos or my podcast to kind of let people know when there's a new episode or a new video out and then sprinkle in other things as well. But I think it's going to be mostly in terms of here's some great content that will help you rather than look at what I'm doing in my business. Does yeah. that make
0: sense? Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And that's a great way to go if that's something that you can do. Obviously with mm-hmm. yourself and your business, you're constantly putting out valuable pieces of content that you could direct them to. But unfortunately, a lot of other business owners aren't don't have that luxury. So if that's mm-hmm. something that they can do, absolutely, I would advocate creating content whenever possible, especially if it's value-driven. But for anybody who can't, It it doesn't have to be directing to something else. It could simply be informing and and staying up to date with everything that's going on and and what they're innovating within their own space.
1: Okay, cool. So just like, it could even just be like the most mini blog post possible, just like a tip. Absolutely. Right. And
0: and with, with, in terms of all of the the social media and especially Instagram in general, is that you want to stimulate as much engagement as possible. So I, I always have that at the forefront of your mind when creating this sort of content. And the more personal relatable that it's going to be it's going to stimulate more shares saves etc and that's what triggers to the algorithm to push your post to more people so when you're leveraging the right hashtags in your geo geographic area in your proper niche the more engagement that you can stimulate, it's going to increase the likelihood of you ranking in these hashtags, and more of the right people finding you. Which is what it's all about: is that you have the opportunity to al- allow the right people to find you, which is what makes social media so awesome.
1: Yeah, and I was watching one of your videos. You were talking about hashtags, and you basically you make a point to say, "Don't use hashtags the way your mom does." Yes, right, like <laughs> yes, because I think, and I, I think I'm guilty of this too. When I do, because it's just for my personal account, and I'm yep. not trying to I'm just trying to show things to my friends not trying to get a lot of new followers so I'll just do stupid hashtags that are like no one would ever be searching for this thing exactly
0: and if it's just for fun then by all means have fun with it but for a lot of people who are doing this for a business reason, and they're investing time that could be put elsewhere, you definitely wanna maximize that return. So by using hashtags strategically, that's gonna yield the best result. And and there's tons of different ways that you can do that. We can dive deeper into that if that's what you want, or if if you would like to talk about that topic. But uh, yeah, you definitely wanna put some time and effort and research and some some thought into what you're putting out there, because again, it's all about allowing the right people to find you.
1: Yeah, well, I'm always down for a good hashtag conversation, so. Let's talk about how you find the right hashtags that are going to be powerful in your niche, I guess. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I think the first place you want to start if you're a local business is your local area. So by using the hashtags in in your local area, that means that everybody who's going to find you is a potential customer which is awesome because you could have a million followers, but if none of them can become a customer as a business owner, that really doesn't help you very much. That's all vanity metrics. So I think that's a great place to start is in your general geographical area, the local towns, supporting cities, whatever, Mm -hmm. is definitely use those. Another thing is you want to make sure to always include the location in your posts. So if you service a few different communities, cycle through which ones that you include attached to the post. But that's another opportunity to be shown to new people because if they're, If they've been shown to like a lot of the same posts from the same area, there's an opportunity that Instagram will show them your post. So it's it's all these little things that they may only add up to a few extra impressions per post. But if a few extra impressions could lead to one customer, which could then snowball into many more customers. So Mm -hmm. that's a great place to start is geography for both hashtags as well as for your location. And then for beyond that, if you're looking for more of your niche, I think a lot of people, they think about the most obvious ones first. So say say if you're an entrepreneur, you'd go look up hashtag entrepreneur, but that has a comp- competition level that is through the roof. So unless you have a very big following, you're not gonna rank for that hashtag, defeating the purpose of attempting to use it. So what you can do is start with something that might be very high level. So say for an example, let's say you're a, you're a bake shop and you make cookies. You could start with hashtag cookies, and I'm sure there's millions of competition going up constantly. But then the beautiful thing about Instagram is right within the app, if you click through that hashtag, it'll then suggest similar hashtags. So then you can go through that, find one that's less competitive, and continue to go through down that until it's one that you might think you have a better chance of ranking in. So that's typically how I go about doing my research. And then in the video, which I mentioned, uh, you can use up to 30 hashtags. I found the most success using around like 19 to 25-ish. Like That's just what I found in in recent experience. Uh, it, It changes all the time. That's the nature with Instagram. But you since you only have a certain amount of spots, those should all be strategic because they're all an opportunity to increase exposure. So by being methodical with it, it's going to help you out a lot.
1: Okay. Now, do you think, is there any reason why you would want to vary up your hashtags from post to post or should you have a set of core ones that you use in every post or not?
0: So there's some, that's an exceptional question because I think a lot of people get stuck on that. There has been some not necessarily verified research but some people's with their personal experiences saying that if they use the same hashtags over and over again instagram views that as spammy and penalizes them as a result so okay. uh i've never run into that but I've, i have heard a lot of people say that so i would say is try to find your core winners and then have about like two or three sets of them that you rotate between just to avoid that possibility whatsoever i've never run into that but obviously you want to be cautious with this so By having the two different sets, you can vary it out. There are some services, like one that I use, which is called Flick, and it actually allows you to do a lot of hashtag research right on their platform. And it'll it'll allow you, the new feature that's coming out, I was just talking with uh, their CEO yesterday, it'll actually show you which ones you performed the best in. So by using something like that, you can actually just do the vetting that way. So you don't actually have to go look, see everything. It'll tell you exactly the type of impact that that hashtag had for you. So I think it's definitely smart to vary hashtags. Also for discovery purposes, just to find out what works. If you never change it up, you, you don't know what that could have led to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you said Flick, right? That's the name of the... Yep. It's a Flick. website or an app? It's
0: it's it's, a, it's actually both. It is a website. Okay. That, that's where most of it is, is done. But uh, you, it does have an app component as well to allow the whole transfer of hashtags to be a lot more smooth. Okay, cool. And is it free or is it paid? Uh, there's a seven-day trial. So uh, okay. I, I would go on there, build a few different sets of hashtags... And then uh, it makes research very, very easy. And then you could even just copy them onto a a note on your phone or on the computer. And then you could use them for future. But it's a great way to get some research in. And then if you do find great success with it, you can extend it. But you could get a lot out of the seven-day free trial.
1: Okay, cool. So beyond the posting schedule and the hashtags, what else is really important that people should know about growing?
0: Yeah, so again, when it comes to uh, setting up your page, that's very important because this is essentially your storefront your online storefront that people are going to come across right so you want to make sure that looks exactly how you would want it to be presented if someone were physically in there so that kind of mentality when approaching it so taking advantage of highlights is very important because you want to make the consumer experience when they come across your content as smooth as possible so for anybody listening to this who's not aware you have the opportunity to pin stories to your page so that they're always there so this is a great way to think about what what are the hard hitting points that you'd want any potential customer to come across, see, consume, and know. So again, if you're using the same example of a bake shop, you might want to know on on what your hours. Obviously, then you're going to want to know uh, what products you sell. Show them the delicious products that you sell, and then the prices attached. All that stuff. You want to make the whole journey as easy as possible and as enticing as possible to turn that from a digital interaction to a physical one, where they're actually going to come be a customer. So by being mindful of that, it's really going to help you to show a a far better package. And then in terms of actually physically growing your account, I'm a big uh, advocate in using your follows as a means to grow a community. So there's this negative connotation that comes along with the the, the term follow for follow. So again, it's kind of Instagram jargon. So what people used to do a lot was spam follow people and follow thousands of people at once and then unfollow them, hoping that there'd be some impact in terms of gaining followers that way. I'm not an advocate of that. I I am an advocate of following people that could potentially be customers and making a community. So actually engaging with their content. It's going to be a lot more work, but that's what's going to make a real interaction possible. And the benefit that you have of being a business account is people in your area, they probably get like a comment, two comments, and it's probably from the same people every single time. So Mm -hmm. if you leave a thoughtful comment as a business... One, that seems very prestigious to the person. And plus, they don't get any of their comments. So it's going to mean a lot. So that's a great opportunity to connect with your audience and grow your consumer base organically. Because word of mouth travels very, very fast. And the core people are seeing these posts. Because, again, these people typically don't have massive followings in their local community. It's just their friends and family. So if they see that they're interacting with a business instantly that puts you in better standing with anybody who comes across that content and sees that interaction take place. So I would say start looking in your local area or any potential people who are interested in what you do and start following them, connecting with them because naturally they will reciprocate and they will follow you and and you'll slowly build a community. And sorry, I'm I'm going off on this a little bit here, but once once they continue to interact with your content and they become loyal active followers, that engagement is what's gonna allow you to reach far more people. So this is kind of like your introductory group. Like this, this is your core. So for anybody who's brand new, these people are going to be what allows you to grow. So it creates that true aspect of community. And when it's reciprocated, when you give it back, then it'll only be a continued relationship.
1: Okay, cool. So let's d- dive a little bit deeper into the kinds of content that you can put out there. Because I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of people listening might be thinking, you know, again, why would anyone want to follow us? And if it's not going to be kind of content-based, like tips and advice, yep. what other types of content will get people's attention? Like, let's say you follow them and then they see your your feed. Mm-hmm. What is going to get people interested in actually following you back?
0: Yeah, that's a great point because I think a lot of people have that same belief system. They're like, well, why would anybody follow me? And I think, again, it comes down to how creative you can really be. And if you do, again, if you have a very quote unquote, boring business, how are you going to make that unique? How are you going to make that something that's worth falling upon? And if it's as simple as that you're just an active member in the community, that's where I could go back to the other way where it could be more of a personal thing because they're more looking to connect with that person because that's who they know and they like. And then you build the brand around that potential person or people who have that active reach and army within the community. And then it, it can really go so many different ways. That's why I encourage experimentation a lot. So I think it's good to have a plan in place, but to never be fixed to it. It's, it's always good to be able to adapt and see if there's opportunities in front of you. But in terms of content, uh, there's so many different ways you can go. So a lot of people like to go for a business just to simplify it. Some people will go with like the grid sort of style. So what that means is essentially they'll have three very similar looking posts and, and they'll schedule them to be posted in a specific order so that you're essentially your page almost looks like a magazine so it looks very well formatted and, and i'm sure you've come across content where it's it's very well gridded like that well so i've even seen it to where it's like nine images make up one actual image yeah people do that as well I, yeah. i'm not as big of a fan as that because i'm not either it's not unique content at least with like the other grid aspect where they're creating that illusion of a consistency. I like that a little bit better because the actual content is unique. But that that's a, a way to go. Uh, it's it's dying out slightly. Not as many people are doing that. But there's there's so many different ways you can go with content. It's it's very much a situation based question. It very much depends on who the person is, the brand that they want to develop or that they already have, and what their their goals are. So it, it very much depends on the specific business. But there's so many different ways you could go.
1: Yeah. I have a realtor friend who, who's did that, the grid thing. So it's like one day you just see like his right eye. Mm-hmm. You're like, what are, you, what are you doing, Dan? Come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, see, so I'm not a huge advocate of that. I think there are <laughs> so many different ways that you can go, that you can make it creative and your own spin on it. But uh, you also, you have to remember that people coming across these posts are real people. So if it's gimmicky, that's not really going to be the best presentation towards them. So right. having, having that as well included in in your thinking is definitely important.
1: Yeah, and you probably also want to keep out anything that feels self-indulgent or just too
0: self-promotional.
1: Whenever you make the post about you, I think that's when
0: you start to lose, right? And that is an exceptional point because you have to think about this from, and this is paramount with any sort of social media, you have to ask yourself the question, like why are they following you? It's they're not following you to be sold. Like there has to be some sort of unique value that you are providing to them. So if you try to say like, oh like constantly selling you're going to lose followers all the time they're going to become annoyed they're going to be fatigued by it and another Mm -hmm. super important thing to know is that when you create content if it's not stimulating engagement likes uh, comments etc instagram can track all of that activity so if they if someone scrolls past your post numerous times they'll stop showing your post to that person Because that is the communication between the user and Instagram saying I don't find this content high value, so Instagram's not going to take the risk on you because essentially that's what it is when it shows you a new new post. It's taking a chance that that person's actually going to enjoy it. So -hmm. by people scrolling right past you, that's going to limit your own reach within your existing audience, which is only going to hurt you. So yeah, if you make it self-serving, like who's going to comment on a post that says like buy buy me now? I think no one's going to do that, right? So you have to. Think value first and think stimulate engagement. That's always paramount.
1: Yeah. So let me just give you a few kind of for different examples and we'll see what we can come up with. So like yeah, for a it. realtor, I've got several realtor friends. The one, you know, he posts a lot of, of just kind of photos of himself. Mm-hmm. And then there's another other ones who post just a lot of their listings. Okay. What might be a better thing for them to do on Instagram? Yeah. Try to put and- the pro- pressure
0: no, on. No, I already have a, I already have a few ideas right there. I think nice. back to what you said before about providing value. As a realtor, you are an expert in your field. You you know more about something that everybody wants or already has in terms of a home or a property and you yeah. have tons of expertise to provide in that. So if and people you people have so many questions about that, right? Abso- that's what I mean. So, so you're little inundated with these questions. Those are all content pieces. Every question that you've answered, every win that you've provided is a potential content piece. I think people get stuck and they think like, "Oh, I have to be in the picture to be a solid piece of content." That's not true at all. It's actually going the other way. Like text Content that provides value has been treated very, very favorably on Instagram as of late. The reason for that being is because when someone comes across that and they get a small, quick little win, they're very likely to like, comment and share that, which is all forms of engagement, which pushes that. So I would make a running list of every question that you get, every win that you provide for a client or potential client and then that's all different content pieces that you can push out there and anybody who's coming across that problem themselves is going to be incredibly grateful you gave that to them for free and they're going to engage with it so i'd say on that note if you are going to create more of like a block style uh, text content i would say you definitely want to develop a brand perception and presence so that way people come across it they know that it's you i think that's a huge benefit to that as well and tons of people are doing that very very well but again it comes down to your unique value, which as a realtor, there's so much you could do.
1: Yeah, very good. Just answer questions. It can be linking out to something else, or it can just be a really quick tip right there. That's it. And I think Absolutely. that's amazing. So what I know with Facebook, and I guess this is Facebook ads, possibly Instagram ads too, they limit your reach if you have a lot of text in the image. Is that the case for organic? Do they? Is that a fa- factor that make might make them not show it?
0: A lot of text in the what? Sorry, you cut
1: out there. Oh, A lot of text in the image.
0: Oh, uh, I've never run into that. I think the best, you have to think about how it's going to be consumed. So if, if it's like a whole essay, obviously people aren't going to read that. So you do want to make it hard hitting. And I would leave, I would leave like the most important integral parts actually in the piece of content, and then allow the supporting content to be within the uh, caption section of the of the post. That's what's going to allow you to have the biggest impact, and then yeah, avoid the overwhelm of all of that literature right there. So you definitely want to keep it concise. Okay, cool. But in terms of a penalty, you wouldn't receive a penalty. I think the penalty might just come as a result of people being overwhelmed by that and not actually consuming it, which then leads to the value, which then leads to the engagement. So I think it's probably not a direct penalty, just something that happens through user engagement. Okay, sounds good. Um, So let's talk about stories
1: for a bit. Is Mm -hmm. that a good way? Is there any good... uh, strategies for Instagram stories for growing organically? Or is the only people that are going to see those are people that already follow
0: you though, right? Not necessarily. You actually do have the ability to use hashtags on your stories as well. Okay. And it is and it is a less competitive uh, means because not as many people are using hashtags on their stories, whereas almost everybody is using them on their posts. So mm. it's, it's less of a loud space. And if you choose the right hashtags, so it's again, for your local city, It'll, your, story, your city or your town will have like a story that Instagram automatically creates. And when you create content and use that hashtag, there's an opportunity that they might put you on there, which is incredibly valuable for anybody who comes across that. So you can actually just type them like you would on a normal post. You can do it right on your story. And you have the ability to shrink it so small that it's not even visible by the eye so so you you could literally hide it it does not have to make your content ugly you could put in like 10 hashtags and people wouldn't even know they're there you can shrink it that small and then you're still going to get that benefit of new people coming across your content potentially
1: okay i'm like that's something i bet they'll catch on to one of these days though with what in terms of hiding hashtags i bet that's something that'll become like penalized later or at least Min- potentially. Minimize later. Yeah, potentially, but they're not right now, so definitely. Yeah, for now, jump you still, on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you still can. That's awesome. I didn't know you could just discover stories like that. I, I guess I'm not on there enough to to know, but...
0: Yeah, and there's opportunity, again, like, like any hashtag, there's opportunity to show up in very, very populated ones where there's tons of eyeballs coming out there. So it's definitely an opportunity that you want to take advantage of. And one other thing with Instagram in general is whenever they release a new feature always make an effort to try to integrate that into your strategy because when Instagram rolls out a new feature, it's their biggest point of emphasis. So they reward people who use them. So when stories was a new feature, those who used it first got the most benefit. So right now, a big focus of theirs is IGTV. So if if you have the ability to create content for IGTV, definitely do it because they're trying to push that.
1: Okay, that is something I've definitely not used yet. I keep hearing about it. So, yeah. would that be let, let's say um, somebody listening has video content that's already on YouTube or on their website? Is that repurposable? I would right? say it GTV? absolutely is. Yeah, I would okay. say it
0: definitely is. Uh, the one thing you have to keep in mind is that like initially it was just strictly vertical. and There, are, the people have figured out ways around that to make it more consumable. But you could even leave it in its horizontal orientation, and people can still consume it. It's it's plenty big enough to do that. Um, the, the reason why it is repurposable is because that was Instagram's attempt to try to capture some of that YouTube magic that they found with people consuming video. So they want it to be the same sort of thing. So if it would work on YouTube, in theory, it should work on IGTV from a fundamental level because that was their goal with the additional feature.
1: Okay. And is there a length of time that people generally spend on IGTV? Because I know like Facebook they say no one's really going to watch for more than a minute. Yeah. And on YouTube it can it's generally between, you know, 5 and 15 minutes. So Anything for this specifically?
0: Yeah, so it very much depends who, what, what the goal of the content is and who you're speaking to. So if it's your core audience and you have a pretty decent relationship, they'll invest a lot more time. But you have to understand that the nature of Instagram in general, it's very quick. People aren't spending a lot of time consuming content. So that's where the, that, that battle lies. So I don't know a specific figure, but I would say it's probably definitely less than YouTube and more than Facebook would be my guess. Okay, cool.
1: Any other last minute suggestions before we hop
0: off here or do you have? I would say just go, uh, just start to try and figure it out. There's yeah. so much valuable content on YouTube that can help you get through this all. And there's so many other resources. And I'd say use the resources that you have currently. So bounce ideas off of your team. Try to put something together and and simply create because you, you can't get any benefit. You can't get any better until you've actually started. And then something completely unrelated to Instagram is uh, TikTok. That's a, definitely a, a discussion for another yeah. day. But uh, t- I would still say if anybody t- to explore TikTok as well, get your Instagram game up first and then try a TikTok. Because the r- quick thing there is because the algorithm on TikTok is incredibly favorable right now. So okay. if, if you figure that out, the reach potential there is truly off the charts.
1: That's a good pro tip for anyone listening who feels up to it. Absolutely. I've actually yeah. never been on TikTok before. You've but never been on TikTok. I haven't, but I've seen one of your stories on Instagram where I think you were experimenting with it and you said yeah. it was, it's, you were
0: getting a lot of views from it. So It's so strange. And it, it, and I've seen some businesses be very creative and find crazy success. And I think that's the biggest difference between Instagram and TikTok is that there's, there aren't that many posts that go viral from a business on Instagram where I yeah. see a decent amount of posts that are from businesses that still go viral on TikTok. That's so, awesome. Yeah, so it's crazy the opportunity there.
1: Yeah. So forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't it mostly like you're kind of it's it's like a dance? Tell us about what it is. Just so, <laughs> okay. I'll, I'm gonna bungle it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So no worries <laughs> at all. So uh, and initially, the app was actually called Musically. So it was definitely geared towards a younger demographic, a huge presence mm-hmm. in China was what they initially had. And I didn't even know what it was. My little sister showed me it and I'm like, "What? What is this?" It was just a a weird little app that you the, the beauty of it is is it's directly integrated with music. So it would feed right through your music library and it was simply just dancing or lip-syncing videos, mm-hmm. but it's it's now evolved past that. There's definitely still a component of that. But with over 1.5 billion users now on the platform, you have to think that there's an audience for any form of content. So if if you're early and you're now, you have the opportunity to fill that void on that market. So I I think there is really anybody could use TikTok because of how big the user base has become.
1: And can you, would you ever say anything kind of promotional in the video or it's just you do it as a business and then people go to your profile and Yes. Figure it out from
0: there. The one thing I will say with TikTok is that anything salesy would not work at all because how it works on TikTok is it's all based on user interaction with it. So the beautiful thing with TikTok is that whenever you post something, it will always show your content to new people. Without fail, it will always test with a small sample size of new people, which not many other platforms can say that. So you have that opportunity, but based on that small sample size, how they interact with it, that dictates the push to the next year, the next one, the next one, etc. So if it was a sales message, the engagement or, or the consumption of that would be awful and it would yeah. be fixed to its first sample size. So where I find the most success with businesses is when they they play up the whole comedy or the trend that they're trying to work with. And it's kind of funny because it is a professional page, but they're mm-hmm. being uh, comedic or relatable or stuff like that. I think that's why it's worked so well.
1: Yeah, that's a great that's
0: a great thing. So if you're feeling kind of, uh, you know, crazy, give it a shot. And the one benefit to TikTok as well, I'll throw this last one in here, is that it takes even less thought than Instagram. Like the these content you can create directly on the app and it takes like no time at all. And most of the super successful viral posts have very low production value, so the yeah. barrier the barrier to entry is extremely low. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's it's
1: one of these things where you want to get on on the ground floor and perfect Absolutely. perfect opportunity here.
0: Because even if it dies tomorrow, if you're able to funnel some traffic to your other sources, that's still a huge win for not a ton of effort.
1: Yeah, and your next like company holiday party, just get the drinks going and get all your everybody to do one, and then just exactly. space them out over the year. Exactly, <laughs> you're good to you're good go. To go. Nice, That's awesome. Well, Ben, this has been awesome having you on the show today, and I can't wait to talk to you again in the future about your other topic that you love talking about, which is podcasting. Yes, absolutely for small businesses. So we'll have you back on for that. Um, where, in the meantime, where can people find more about you online?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me on Wes. This was a, a pleasure. I, I love watching your content. I love what you guys do. So thank you guys oh, so much. And in terms of finding me, you can find me on YouTube, just my name, Ben Levitt, L-E-A-V-I-T-T. And then on Instagram, I'm Levitt underscore. And then my podcast is called Project Passion, which you can find on any major podcast platform.
1: Awesome. All right, cool. So go find Ben. His YouTube channel is great. And your, what's your TikTok channel? Come on, or is it called a channel? <laughs> I, I don't even. I guess it'd
0: be TikTok page or account. I don't know. It's yeah. a great question. But am such just, an old it, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. Most people don't aren't aware of a TikTok yet, so you're going to yeah. be early. Um, <laughs> uh, my name on TikTok is just simply my name, Ben Levitt. All right, cool, Ben Levitt. Thanks for coming
1: on and. Stay tuned for the listener question. But before we get to that, I do wanna remind you all about my free masterclass. It's how to create and launch your own profitable client-generating website. It is 100% free. It's gonna take you all the way through everything you need from getting your messaging nailed down to what pages you need, what pages you don't need. And then I finish it off with a really cool tutorial on how you can actually really smoothly create your new WordPress website with my favorite page builder plugin. It's called Elementor and it works amazingly well, even for non-coders. Because if you're listening to this thinking, Wes, I'm not techie. I can't do that. Trust me. I'm not techie either. I know marketing. I know design. I do not know code, but Elementor makes it so easy on you. And you can see how I do it step by step and I guarantee you, when you watch it, you're going to be inspired to try it yourself because it's really fun. So just go to wesmacdowell.com/training to get your hands on that. All right. So our question today comes from Emil Maddens, and Emil says, "I'm sending out an email with my lead magnet, but I notice that it usually lands in promotions. My email is 80% text, and I'm not using any spamish words." I really have no clue what could cause this. Any ideas? Yeah, Emil, um, there's a few things it could be. And if you're not using a lot of images and you're not using those templates that a lot of email providers come with, like MailChimp, definitely comes with a lot of these, um, you know, really nice looking, nicely designed templates. But the thing is, they basically end up putting your uh, email in the category of a promotion. You know, it's like a business sending it out rather than a person to a person. So, uh, but if you say it's 80%, well, 80% text is probably uh, not enough text. Okay. So what I recommend for an email is actually almost all text, maybe one image in there, maybe two, but not usually. And the other big thing that can send things to promotions is what service provider you're using. You know, MailChimp, while it's the most affordable, And it's kind of the easiest one to use for newbies out there. Um, The big drawback, and it is a big one, is that most of those emails sent through MailChimp are going to find their way into the promotions tab rather than in people's primary inbox, which is where you want it to be. So I would just do a little bit of homework and figure out, you know, which email automation provider is going to be the most cost effective for you while still keeping uh, deliverability in the primary inbox. I happen to use Drip. Um, it's gotten kind of expensive lately, just to be honest with you. However, I do think that's that expense is worth it. You know, if you're gonna go through all the trouble of email marketing... You want to do it right, and you want to make sure that your emails are actually landing in the inbox. And actually, I mean, truth be told, the reason mine is getting uh, more expensive is because I have a bigger list now. I'm reaching you know, 10,000 people on my list, and most of these uh, email providers, they do charge you based on how many subscribers you've got. So when you're just starting out, I think Drip is like maybe 50 bucks a month starting out to... Uh, Don't quote me on this, but I I think it's like 5,000 subscribers, maybe 2,500, and then it goes up from there. So um, I highly recommend Drip for that reason, but you may want to do your own homework and find something that might be more affordable that's still going to get you in the inbox. So um, go ahead and if you have any questions, ask it. You can ask any questions about your website, your digital marketing, email marketing, anything that I talk about on this show, you can ask me. Just go to westmcdowell.com slash questions, and there'll be a little form there for you to fill out. All right, so thanks so much, guys, for joining me for this episode, and thank you, Ben, for coming on with me today. Um, I know I certainly got a lot out of this, and I can't wait to start putting these into practice for my own Instagram account. And I hope you guys feel the same way. So join me again next week. But until then, make it real and take action on everything we talked about here today. Bye for now.